Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. This week's message comes from Gail Beth Weiss, co-pastor at Encounter. Here is Gail Beth's message. Today we have an opportunity to um, engage God through His Word, and I've asked uh, Sister Gail Beth to, uh, on this Mother's Day, to share the uh, Word and Heart of God with you. Um, I'm one of those preachers that, I'll just be honest with you, I, I give up my pulpit very hesitantly. Uh, but it's never been so easy as to when uh, Gail Beth is ministering, because I know that she's going to share the heart and the Word of God with you. Would you welcome her this morning? Good morning. I'm not a crier, just to have you know, but uh, I just feel broken this morning, and I think that's a good thing. I know God loves broken things. I, I was doing fine until the very first video, <laughs> but um, just so you know a little about me that some of you may not know. I wasn't born into this thing, and I was radically saved at 24, and not even in a church, not even in a godly setting, but God literally walked into a room where all kinds of alcohol and carousing and ungodliness was going on and arrested my heart, and I've never been the same, and I'm not anybody special. So it's a mystery why he did that. The way he did it, he knows probably how hard-headed I am. Or it could just be at 2.30 or whenever I would have left that place, he knew that there would be a reckless drunk driver heading right for me, and maybe that was my night. But God in his mercy reached down. And uh, when I uh, met my dear husband, um, didn't know then that... Um, he would be a preacher. He was a good old Catholic boy. And he asked if uh, he could date me. And I said, well, you got to come to church with me. Well, you know, <laughs> God's relentless. And uh, within a couple months, maybe three or four months, he had a radical encounter with the Lord, and he's never been the same. And it was shortly after that that God called us both into the ministry. And it's been a real ride. But I just want to thank him this morning for allowing me to deliver what I believe God has put on my heart. I, um, going through the MIP process in the Church of God is um, not an easy thing. And we were encouraged to set goals. And I never was a goalkeeper before. I never set goals for myself. And um, the three goals and probably why I'm so messed up this morning after watching that video is number one, I wanted to be a woman after God's heart. That was my top goal. And number two, I wanted to be the best wife that I could possibly be. And number three, I wanted to be a godly mother to my children. And, um, there's been times I've failed miserably at all three, but being a mother has been the hardest thing for me. And, um, 
God has so graciously brought me along. And I know you've heard a lot of people say that mothering comes naturally. But think about, you know, those that are brought up in such a way that they don't know a mother's love. Or they've been hurt by those that should have been closest to them or protecting them. Or they were neglected. Or worse, those people don't even understand the value that's on their own life, let alone their own children. So mothering is not always a natural response. For me, it was learned. So I want to thank God this morning, give honor where honors due. Because there have been people that God put in my life that he purely demonstrated his love to me. And first and foremost, when I got saved, that poor pastor and his wife, I was at their house so much, and they just guided me and led me. I was like a third wheel so often because it was a small Baptist church, and I wasn't a teenager, and I wasn't a young married, so I didn't fit in anywhere. So they just kind of helped me, and every now and then they'd throw me some money for gas because I was living in a one-room, two-room apartment, and taken, you know, it was just me and Campbell's Soup. <laughs> Thank God for Campbell's Soup. But um, I was working a very low-income job because I, I was working in the agricultural industry, and um, this is before I met my husband, and, and they took me in as, you know, they would, they would just love me. And I thank God for that because I know God showed his, his love for me through them. There was a woman when we became pastors who came alongside me, her and her husband, were mightily used to encourage us and, and help us to become who we needed to be in the ministry in our very first church, which is a very hard, very hard church to pastor. And I won't say the name of it because I know this is taped. But it was, it was what some called a preacher-eater church. And uh, my husband has talked about it. It has a very, very long history of pastors that did not make it there. I was at a woman's conference once. And somehow or other, this one woman who was behind me, and somehow a group of ladies were praying for me. I, I don't even remember why I was up there. It didn't have anything to do with being a pastor's wife. But um, somehow somebody said something about me being a pastor of this church and named a name. And I could hear somebody interceding for me behind me and just weeping and crying. And just, we got done and she grabbed me and she said, do you really, you know, we pastored there for this many years and we lived on this. Do, do you know that street and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, she took me by both shoulders and she shook me. She said, I thought I was going to go crazy. And I said, yes, honey, I do feel your pain. Um, anyway, I don't know why I just told you that. I just want to thank God because this woman that came alongside, she, it was through her that I felt God's love for me, his intense love for me the very first time when I was struggling so deeply with even who I was in him. So I want to give honor for uh, a woman by the name of Linda Sumner, who's still like um, a mother to me at times. And I want to give honor to, uh, there's just too many, I just want to say, and I'm going to try to shorten this. I'm going to try to, I asked God this morning, this, you got to know the history of what's been going on this week. I thought I had a word for y'all and I was really preparing throughout the whole week. <laughs> I'm very, very careful. I don't want it to be just a cute little sermonette. Uh, I don't want it to be what, you know, 
has anything to do with the holiday because I believe God has a word for his people, a now word for his people. And I wanted to be so careful to make sure I had that word and I had his heart. And so I thought I had it. Well, last couple of days I've been pretty miserable. You can ask my husband. Please don't give him too much detail. But anyway, um, because I realized that I really didn't know what his heart was. And so last night I was up till the wee hours of the morning and, and I was struggling. And I just finally said, God, I'm going to bed. You know, you're going to have to show me. I don't want this to be anything that has to do with me. I want it to be all you. And y'all know how I sleep. I die and resurrect in the morning. And that's what happened. So thank God I had a good night's sleep. But when I woke up, immediately I had a peace and a sense of direction for this morning. And so I thank God for his peace. But my words then became, my prayer then became, God, let my words be few. Because, you know, us women have to have so many words in in the day. And I didn't want to unload them all out on you. Now that I have this peace and I'm not anxious anymore. <laughs> so, um, Lord, do please help my words be few. But I want to thank God for my husband. I know he's not a mother, but um, God uses certain people in our lives to pull out the best in us. At times I couldn't see the best in me. And like iron sharpens iron, he has been truly my best friend, and he has uh, demonstrated the love of God to me. And um, he is what my sermon today is all about, simply called releasers of life. And he has been a releaser of life in my life. He has brought about a lot of healing and deliverance in my life and just uh, encouraged me. And, 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 you know, when it comes to prophecy, he has uh, what prophecy does is, is uh, you know, when God puts those treasures in you when you're in your mother's womb, they're there. But unless somebody pulls them out, you may never know what they are. And so prophecy pulls them out and gives that person something to hold on to, something to go forward for in life. And he has certainly been used in that area. I do want to give honor to my own natural mother this morning because uh, she sacrificed greatly for me as a child and for us, my brothers and sisters. We had a big family, and we were not well-to-do. We lived on a farm, and it was not easy. Um, But she sacrificed greatly so that I could have the things that I had. And I thank God for her, and I love her dearly more than I can say in words. I love my mother. So, and I'm going to call her today. And I want to encourage all of you that have mothers that aren't here this morning that maybe they live far away or maybe you aren't even close anymore. Encourage you to call her today and just say, I appreciate everything you've done. Thank you. It might be hard, but I just want to encourage you to do it because you don't know how long she may have. I want to give honor to all mothers today. And, and first and foremost, I want to say I honor you if you're a woman. I want to say I honor you because I know the pain of not being able to have children and struggling. And as a pastor's wife, even having showers for women who didn't want the baby they were about to have and me not being able to even conceive. I want to say I honor you this morning. I'm so glad you're here. I want to say I honor those that have had babies but have lost them, either through the the court system or through natural death. I honor you this morning, and I empathize with your pain this morning. I do give you honor. For those of you that have grown up and you've not known what a mother's love is, I honor you today. I'm so glad you're here. God has a word for you today. And I want to say I honor all of you mothers who have lost your mother God bless your hearts and comfort you today. 
And I want to say I honor every woman that's here. And I want to honor every man, too. Thank you, David, for saying that. This isn't just a day for women and for mothers. It's a day for God's children. Because we are all called to be releasers of life. So I'm going to go into my sermon part now and just uh, probably thinking, oh, goodness, she's just getting warmed up. Turn to the person next to you and say, pray for Sister Rice. Turn to the person on the other side and say, no, intercede. So I just want to thank God, too, and I give honor to him because I can truly say that the love that I have known through Jesus Christ is greater and supersedes. And there's really no words to compare his love to any love that is here on earth. And I'm not just saying that. It's true. If you don't know him today, you can. And I want to give you opportunity in the end to give your heart to him because there truly is no love like the love that he gives. When I got radically saved that day, it was in a nightclub, and I was singing a song called The Yellow Rose of Texas, and nobody had preached, nobody had sang Amazing Grace, nothing. But God walked in and arrested my heart that night. And I was miserable. For the first time in my life, I felt the weight of all my sin. And I was confused because I had given uh, my mind to him. I would say I would have missed heaven by 18 inches had I died in that time because I didn't know him here. But I had made a decision for Christ, and I was not living with my heart fully his. So today I just want to say there is a difference. I believe that in our culture especially, there is many who grace the uh, churches of America who serve him and they don't know him, but they have made a decision, but they don't know him here because if you've made a decision, it's not the same as surrendering your life to him and letting come in, letting him come into your heart and fill all those places in your heart and those voids and those empty holes and those wounds. Because if you do that, then you'll never be the same. Never. You'll never be the same. You'll be so radically changed. Your, your, your family or your friends will say, man, a cult got a hold of her cult got a hold of him because that's what happened to me and i just want to say but you know there's nothing like the peace the joy the love that comes with that and yes it's hard there's times that i I, i'll be honest with you some of the worst times in my life has been as a christian i'm not going to say everything you know becomes easy and uh, the birds sound sweeter and you know everything tastes better no i'm not going to lie to you there's been very very difficult times in my life but there is one who sticks closer than a brother, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he has never, ever left me through anything I've ever gone through. So I just want to say, God, I just thank you for the love that you've given me. So undeserved, and I felt I still feel so unworthy, but God, you love me with such a pure love. that I just want to thank you, God, for that. I wonder if you could just bow your heads with me and just pray for me as we just enter into this next part. Father, I just, um, I count it no small privilege, God, to be here in front of your children. Oh, you know my heart, I've struggled. But God, I just say thank you, God, for the peace that passes all human understanding. Because, Lord, I know, I know, I know, I know that you've given me this word for your people today. And I stand on it. And, Lord, I just claim today that hearts will be open, lives will be changed. And I ask, God, that you would just anoint your servant. And I ask, God, since I'm a woman 
that you would smile on your servant and just, you know that my words can be many. I ask today that they be few and that the anointing would be heavy. And God, I ask this in your name, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Whoa. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, I just want to read to you from, um, I don't know what version is up there. Okay. I'm reading to you from John 7, 37 through 39, New King James Version. And uh, forgive me if it's a different version up there. This is the version I study out of, and I also study out of the Amplified, and I may be throwing the Amplified at you here in a minute. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Whoa. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And I am going to be reading the Amplified. I just believe it brings so much flavor. Basically, the Amplified is, it takes certain words that are in the Greek and Hebrew that haven't been broke down. Uh, They just can't really be expressed in our English language, so the Amplified breaks them down into their original meaning in the Greek or Hebrew. So, in John 7, 37 through 39, in the Amplified, we're going to read now, on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. But he was speaking here of the spirit whom those who believed, trusted, or had faith in him were afterward to receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified, raised to honor. And I just want to speak to you a little bit about this. I just, I, I, I believe that so often, and uh, not to do away with Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a beautiful holiday. But as Christians, as born-again believers, we are all called to be releasers of life. And that's what a mother does. A mother... Uh, wants the best for her child and she 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 seeks for the best for her child and um and that's what the lord does for us but in his goodness when he comes into us and um and and we rely on his righteousness because everything that we do is because of his sacrifice and his blood on the cross not because of our works there's nothing about our works that's religion religion uh seeks to please god and to do all the things that you should do in the Christian life, but a relationship through grace in the name of Jesus Christ means that it's through the sacrificial work on the cross and the blood of Jesus that we do what we do. It's through that overflow that we do. Jesus Christ was the first in my life, the first releaser of life. And I just want to say that's what he's called us to be as his disciples is to be releasers of life. So I want to talk a little bit about the things that maybe hinder us from becoming releasers of life. The other day, um, Pam and John, who are over our seniors, uh, asked me to speak to the seniors. And um, I struggled with that because someone wanted to hear my testimony. But I just really felt like the Holy Spirit, when uh, he put on my heart that uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit needed to be taught. And so I did. I taught on it. 
Now, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's just a wonderful gift that God has provided for us. And um, I just want to read to you, Jesus himself says this in John 14, 16 through 18. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Beautiful. Jesus himself said, he's with you, but he's not in you. There's another beautiful gift that he has for you. If you've not received the baptism, the Holy Ghost, I will just tell you my own experience. Well, it was like somebody turned the light on in a dark room and I could see so much more clearly. I mean, many of you have stories, I'm sure, of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Again, it wasn't even in a church setting. We were going through a revival in a church, a church of God. I, I had upgraded to a church of God, yes, <laughs> my husband and I. <laughs> but um, I do love the Baptists. But did you ever notice there's more Baptists than there are people? Anyway, you'll get that in a minute. <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, somebody said to me, is my husband, actually, he said he had been exposed to the, um, the Pentecostal faith. And he said to me after he got saved, he said, you know, there's more. And I said, where? I want it. I was so hungry. And I had never even heard of Holy Ghost baptism, never heard of Holy Roller, never heard of any of those. I never heard of the word Pentecostal before. Yes, there are people out there that have not heard about this. Yeah, I know. I lived in uh, on a farm and I was sheltered. But um, he said, there's more. And I said, where? I want it. And we ended up at a church of God. Well, this church was actually in a revival at the time when I was seeking to be baptized in the Holy Ghost because I'd learned about it. It's like, I want that. And I was just like, I couldn't get enough of God. I had devoured my Bible when I got saved and, and just couldn't get enough of him. And I just uh, wanted more, oh, continuously wanted more. And um, so uh, during the time where I was seeking him for a month or two that he just put it on my heart certain things because I said God if there's things in my life that you don't like that I I want to just lay him at the foot of the cross and, and I'll surrender him to you because I want all that you have for me now I know this is where it gets a little tricky for some people because you think I might be uh, bringing condemnation on you but the Bible says to clear, it clearly says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and so that's what I was doing I was saying God what is it and there was certain things he pointed out one of them was country music well you got to understand where God brought me from, that was a, an idol in my life. And, and being a country rock singer was my goal at that time before I got saved. And um, so I laid it down, and I gladly laid it down, and I still don't engage in it. But um, oh, in rock music, anything that was not of him, and so I did. And I surrendered some other areas of my life, but it might be different for you. That's something between you and him that you work out. But during this time, I was seeking him for the Holy Ghost baptism, and we were in revival and um, it was beautiful because I was actually praying at my apartment and, and I was on the floor in my bedroom and I just started speaking in other tongues and I just, there was nobody, nobody else around. It was just me and God. Now you say that doesn't happen because, you know, the experience for most people is the laying on of hands and that's beautiful and that's good and that's what the Bible says. But I don't know, I must be a hard case. But that day was so beautiful that I went that night to that revival meeting and I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. And I was in the altar and I heard people say, look, she just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, I just, I just want to say, you know, that prayer language. I just want to say for me, 
all the things that I wanted to say to God in my life and I didn't have the words to say to him, all the gratitude, all the love, all the, there was no human words for me to say. And it was like, there was a dam that just burst open in me and I just couldn't stop praying in tongues and it lasted a couple days. So I just want to say it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Go after God and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's a gift. Your heavenly father would not give you a gift that's bad. Go after God and seek him and ask him, God, is there anything in my life that's keeping me from having and receiving this beautiful gift? Now, another thing that might hinder us from becoming releasers of a life is, um, is unforgiveness. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about this. Um, this is probably one of the biggest tools of the enemy. And, 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 and a lot of times you might not, you might say, you know, I've forgiven that person. But have you ever noticed that what's in the heart comes out of the mouth? That's what the Bible says. Out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you, if you find yourself talking about a certain person a lot, that probably means there's some unforgiveness there. And you need to, by faith, this is what I had to do. I couldn't, in my emotions, forgive this person. And, 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 and so I struggled, and, and I would think that I'd forgiven them, and then I'd find myself talking again about them and, and not in a good way. And, and I had to just say, God, I don't understand. How do I do this? I, I want to forgive this person, but I just seem, can't seem to. Everything we do as a Christian, we do by faith in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to pray this way. I forgive this person in the name of Jesus Christ. I choose to forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ. And then thank God that you have. It's through the name of Jesus Christ that we attain anything in the kingdom. Now, you may say, I don't feel anything when I do that. You keep praying that and you will. Your feelings will follow your faith. That's the way it is. We step out in faith and eventually our feelings follow and there will be release. So I want to encourage any of you that if you have any unforgiveness toward anybody that, that, that is holding you back and is holding that person back. And, and the Bible speaks strongly about anyone who has unforgiveness toward anyone. Um, so I just want to encourage you to seek God about that. If you feel like there might be someone in your life that you haven't fully forgiven. Pride is also um, a hindrance to becoming a re- releaser of life. I know before I was saved, I was so full of pride. It just, I mean, I probably had a proud look. And I just, I just um, know that it has been a hindrance at times in my life, too, that there's been areas that I've gone through, seasons I've gone through, where I feel like I've gone through brokenness for a reason. And uh, humility, I believe, was Jesus Christ's most beautiful virtue. And it should be ours. We should strive to attain humility. I have found in my walk with the Lord that it's in the lowest places. That's where the river runs, the river of God. And um, even in the places where I was, I was so broken, I felt like God couldn't use me. And God would say, do this. And I would do it. I might have felt numb at the time, but I did it. And I was shocked because God would move in that person's life. And it was like, whoa. I didn't feel any of that. It doesn't matter what you feel, honey. You know, it's true. It's simple acts of obedience that brings joy in our life. Fruit, the fruit of obedience is joy, and I want to encourage you. 
All right, another area, and this was a big one for me, was guilt and shame. Guilt and shame has no place in your life. If you, if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, guilt and shame is, is a horrible, horrible thing, and it weighs you down and can even cause you to become physically sick. And um, it's, one of, it's a huge tool of the enemy. Uh, when I came to the Lord, I, I, I could understand God forgave me. I just I couldn't forgive myself. And when you can't forgive yourself, it's hard for you to believe that anybody could forgive you when you can't believe when you can't even begin to forgive yourself because the weight of my sin I mean it was just so heavy and I could not forgive myself and that wonderful Baptist preacher and I just want to say I honor them too I forgot to honor them um, Don and Paula Spradlin the Baptist ministers because he saw me coming that day I uh, that day I gave my heart to the Lord I, I woke up the next day I still felt that heaviness of sin on me because I couldn't forgive myself guilt and shame all over me like a horrible black cloak and I drove to the Baptist minister's house and he saw me coming he was working in his garage and he said in the house now and he knew that I was troubled and and I told him what happened and he said you were born again I said I don't understand because I don't feel saved and so he took me through the Roman road and showed me every scripture in the Bible that had to do with salvation bless his heart and I loved the word of God at that time in my life. And he asked me a very, very stark question. He simply said, now, do you believe God can lie? <laughs> and I had read my Bible through even when I was playing church before, and I knew that God could not lie. I said, definitely, most definitely not. He cannot lie. It is not in his nature to lie. The Bible clearly, clearly says, and I believe this with all my heart, man will lie, but it's not even in God's character as nature to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And he said, okay, then everything that you just read here in the Bible, God says, for you, it's for you. And it just like a light went off, and I realized that I was forgiven. And although I couldn't feel it for myself, I had to accept it. And I did. And that's when a freedom came over me. I want to encourage you today to ask the Lord. If you feel like you're struggling with even sickness or, uh, you know, you feel like something's holding you back, maybe something from your past that you can't forget, uh, seek the Lord and ask him, is there any guilt or shame that's over me? Whoa. And oftentimes, as a child, you'll go through things, and it might be a traumatic experience even, and the enemy will put strongholds in your mind. And I just want to say, for those of you that don't understand why the mind is so important, uh, you know, we're a three-part being, just like God is. We are literally a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. That's three parts. And I just want to say, yes, we are a spirit that has a soul. Soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And we live in a body. Those live in a body. So we're a three-part being. I want to say to you why it's so important that we guard our heart. What we do when we think about something uh, because the mind is the gateway to so many things. And it is a battleground. It's not a sin when temptation comes into your mind and you're tempted. Or when a bad thought comes into your mind. It's not a sin. That happens to the best of us. It happens to everyone that walks on this earth. And it will continue to be that way until we see him face to face. The sin comes when we allow that thought to engage our heart 
and we allow it to stay there. That's when it becomes sin. The Bible says, guard your heart, because out of it springs forth the issues of life. So I want to say, watch your thought process. If it's something that you believe is from the enemy, you probably shouldn't be thinking about that. But if it's something that brings life, joy, peace, goodness, mercy, love, these are things from God, then you need to probably dwell on these things. You need to dwell on these things, as the Bible says. So if anything comes into your mind, you know, at the enemy, he's a liar and the father of all lies. You don't have to listen to that thing. You're not God's, you're not God's garbage can. You're, you're a child of the most high God. <laughs> and you have royal blood flowing through your veins. And he has so much better for you. So be aware of what happens in your mind. Okay, I'm going to try to get on with this. I want to talk about some practical ways to become a releaser of life. And um, I think probably the most important thing is our words. Um, I have two beautiful boys. Um, I know the pain of not being able to have children. And then when I did get pregnant the first time, I, I lost that one. And I know that kind of pain. And that was because of, back then I didn't know I was sick. And that particular disease ravished my whole body. And just almost every system in my body suffered, even my reproductive system. But I was so thankful for both of my boys who are miracles from God. They're both miracles. Um, one of the hardest things and one of the things the enemy will fight you on the most is your words. Your words can either bring life or bring death. And the Bible even says that the tongue is a fire. I remember the first time someone spoke into my life, and I hesitate to talk about this. I, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I just... I want to emphasize to you how important our words are, even if it's just a simple thing. Uh, we have so many children in our, in our congregation. Some of them walk across the street from broken homes and may not have a godly figure in their life who speak words of life into their life on a regular basis. We have uh, some as young as six, seven, eight. We have teenagers who don't have an affirming word in their life. And, and God wants to use each and every one of you to build them up in the faith. I, um, I went to a little Methodist church as a girl, but they did not preach Jesus Christ crucified. He, they preached about him as being a good man. Um, I didn't know him personally then. But I know there was times I would go out in the woods and I would just sing to the, to the Lord and, and I would feel his comfort. So I knew the love of the Father. But I just want to tell you something that happened to me. I was riding the bus one day and there was a family who had three girls that were older than me. And the youngest one was a couple years older than me and she sat down beside me. And I shared this with the seniors the other day, how this impacted me. I, I just really valued myself as lower than dirt. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. 
I really couldn't look people in the eye when they talked to me. That's how I felt about myself. And this, this young lady looked at me, and she just said something kind to me about me as a person, and it had to do with my eyes being pretty. And I just, I know that just sounds so shallow and so vain and everything, but you know what? It was the first good thing I heard about myself. And I, I grabbed a hold of that thing. And for the first time in my life, I felt good about myself. I know that sounds pathetic, but what an opportunity God gives us. Every time we see one of these young children or these teenagers, what an opportunity God gives us to, 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 to look at them, to pray for them, to find the treasure in them, and to pull it out of them, and to speak it forth, to speak words of life into these, these young people. These young people, yes, I call them people. They're children. But you know what? In God's eyes, they're mighty. Whoa. David wasn't very old when God sought him out. So I want to encourage you. Your words carry life. Whoa. And it may be just something simple like, you know what? I was just looking at you just now, and I saw the color green. And you're thinking, well, what does that mean? You know, I used to struggle. When God started using me in the gift of prophecy, I struggled so badly because I would get to that one thing, and I'd say, well, what if he doesn't give me anything else? So I wouldn't say it. And this is like anything we do in the Christian faith. We do everything by faith. So you step out in faith and you say it. And it was amazing when God first showed me that, that, wow, this, all this other stuff started coming, and I was able to, to speak words of life into these people. But it might just be something simple, but you don't know. Maybe that just that one word is all they need. You don't know if what they're going to do that day, if they have plans to end their life. You don't know this, but God knows all things. So I want to encourage you today. Your words have power, and they have life. Wow. What we focus on, we give life to. What we focus on. Again, we're going back to what's in the mind. It goes, enters into the heart. So if you're thinking about a lot about yourself and your problems and all the things that are going wrong in your life, then you're, you're um, just giving life to that. So often when we go through trials and temptations and hard times in our walk with the Lord, we focus on the mountain. We focus on the, the thing that just seems like we, that seems like so great we can't overcome it. But I want to encourage you today to turn your eyes upon Jesus. There's a song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that is so true. What you focus on, you give life to. Jesus Christ is bigger than anything that you could ever encounter in your life. And it may look hopeless at the time you're going through it. But know that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And the answer is coming. Focus on him. I just want to share in closing. Turn to the person next to you and say, she's applying the brakes now. Yeah, yeah. Haha. I just, um... There's really no, not enough I can say about this subject. I believe God has showed me so much. There's times God has just spoke to my heart to touch someone.
in a service, and maybe it was in the middle of worship, and I thought, God, you see my circumstance. You see my situation. I feel so unusable right now. How can you use me? How can you use me? But I would act in faith, and I would just touch that person and see God touch them in a mighty way. And I didn't know what it was, but God knows everything. I want to encourage you to be obedient, even in the small things. This is uh, uh, the day we're living in. People say, I have no joy. I have no joy. I want to encourage you that I have found in my own walk with the Lord that joy is truly the fruit of obedience. There was a time that we were going through a revival in our first church, the one that was so hard to pastor. And uh, we had met a young lady who had come to the church a couple times, and I'll call her Andrea. That's not her real name. She was in her early 20s, and she drifted from house to house. She did not have a stable home life. She did not have anybody. She she was very... Um, not even sure at that time that we knew her in the beginning where she stood with the Lord, but she come back. And, and uh, so we started to develop a relationship with her. Very broken person. One night we were in revival, and it, has, it was near the end of revival, and I remember hearing, I was praying with somebody over on one side that was needing prayer, and I heard over on the other side of the church just a big celebration break out, and I heard someone say, Sister Rice had a dream about you. Well, I had shared with this one person so that she would be interceding with me for Andrea. And I'll just basically share this. I had a dream that this young lady was walking, and she was down in like what would appear to be a riverbed. The water wasn't very deep. And she was walking along, and she was just walking, and she wasn't alone. And I was up on the top of the ravine. I could see her, and we could talk freely. She could hear me, and I could hear her. And um, there was someone else walking with her, but I couldn't see their face. They had a dark, a very black um, robe on, and their face was covered. It was like a really, like a hood. And this person would say something to them, and then she would say something back. And I remember I talked to her, and I said, Andrea, come up here with me. Come up here with me. And uh, she turned and talked to this person again, and they said something back to her. And I said, Andrea, it's better up here. Come up and walk with me. And she again turned to this person and uh, said something to them, and they said something back to her. And um, I remember the dream vividly. It came to a point where I realized that she was standing at a, a waterfall edge. And I was panicking at this point. I said, come up with me, come up with me. And again, this person beside her said something to her. And the next thing that happened, and what woke me was she jumped and I heard her body hit the rocks. And I woke up. And all I knew to do, being new to being baptized in the Holy Ghost and being a very young preacher's wife, pastor's wife, was to pray for her and intercede for her. So I did. 
And there was another prayer warrior in the church that I told, and I told my husband. He was praying for her. But I told this other prayer warrior. So there was a, a handful of us just praying for this woman. And we hadn't seen her in a long time. Didn't know where she was. She, last we heard, she was with this family, but then she, she wasn't there anymore. So all we could do was pray for her. Well, that night she was at that revival, and that's what I had heard, the commotion. And uh, I went over there after I was done praying for this person, and I finished up, went over there, and she, uh, this woman that I had shared the prayer request with, she said, you, you had a dream about her. you got to hear this. you got to hear this. They had prayed her through to deliverance to, to salvation and deliver, deliverance from a suicidal spirit. You see, that night, that very night of the revival, she had walked to uh, a water tower, and she had climbed all the way up. And she was going to jump off. And as she sat up there, and she contemplated her life, she felt like the Lord said, you need to go to that church. Well, this is a revival going on. We normally wouldn't have even been open. She didn't know, but she came. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, what, I had, what if I had not been obedient to intercede for this life? But because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and because how he works through us in dreams and visions and, and helps us to intercede where we don't know how to intercede for people, a life was saved. And I just want to encourage you today that God, he wants to save lives through you. He wants to save lives through you. Whoa. I thank God today because this young woman then, she, she got so gloriously delivered and saved that night and just the joy that was on her. And I just thank God because he showed me it was nothing I did except for to obey him and to, and to intercede on her behalf. But God wants to use you in the same way. He wants to use you to become a releaser of life. We're all called to be that. We're all called to be that. So as we close, I just ask that um, you would just stand with me. I would like to ask anyone who has... You know, the word says that we can't even come to him unless he draws us first. Holy Spirit, thank you for reminding me. I remember a a preacher's words to me once that were wisdom because I was struggling to get closer to the Lord and I just couldn't. And I remember he said to me this, and maybe this will help you. Maybe this is for somebody today. He said, on a regular basis, when you pray, the scripture's true when Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. He said, when you pray on a regular basis, pray this. Say, God, cause me to hunger and thirst after your righteousness. You may not feel anything for a while, but believe him. He will. He will. And I just kept doing that. Cause me to hunger and thirst after your righteousness. I'm going to say this because I believe that the church in America is is in this place where so often and for so long, and maybe all of you have heard this, I'm sure you have, that we were at a place for a long time where 
did any of you hear this? God's shaking his bride, trying to wake her up. We all heard it, didn't we? But we're in a place now where God is awakening dull hearts. That's where America is right now. Oh, we've been shook and we're, we're awake. And many of us are expressing the way we feel on social media. But right now, Holy Spirit's trying so hard to awaken dull hearts. Have you ever been in a heavy sleep and then you wake up? Maybe some noise wakes you up and you can't wake up for a, a very long time. Anybody else have that problem? My husband knows that if I go to take a nap, it better not be in the late part of the day because don't wake me if it's 5, 6 o'clock because I'm a grouch. I can't wake up. It's just too hard. That's where America is. Don't let that be you. Ask him to draw you by his spirit. God has so much more for his children. He has so much more for you. That was Gail Bethlehem's co-pastor at Encounter. More messages from Pastor Michael Ross and our other speakers are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.